Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Clusterfuck. <laughs> and let's 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 start the show. <laughs> really? Speaking of clusterfuck. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Speaking of clusterfucks, welcome everybody to the Lazy Geeks. <laughs> uh, I'm your host, Stephen Vargas. I'm Adam Riley. Uh, all right, everybody. So, um, first off, before we get into everything, because uh, literally, it's like we got everything. We threw out the wall, see what's gonna stick. Uh, it was kind of a thick week too. Yeah. A lot of stuff going on, <laughs> and we like it thick. <laughs> thick like this. <laughs> ah, <yeah. laughs> uh, by the way, if you haven't, if you haven't gone into, if you're using Facebook Messenger and you haven't used dark mode yet, do yeah. it. Do it. So all you got to do, and it sounds so stupid. It almost sounds like we're it's, pranking you. It's total. It's and it's total Facebook. Like it's. You have to send a message with just to the anyone. moon to, any- to anyone. The moon emoji. The one that looks like a crescent moon. And then it will say, you've discovered dark mode. Because it's technically in beta. But it legit works because if Steve wouldn't have sent me the article, <laughs> what you doing? Are you trying to get me doing some stupid shit? Um, but it's so much better. It's, it's a typical dark mode, but it's just so much better. And actually, in, in regards to dark mode, like it's YouTube level, like great yeah like black yeah like i love youtube's dark mode um and uh and it's, it's that level of dark mode and it was funny because i sent that to adam and then adam's like i want to try <laughs> so we sent each other the uh the crescent moon and it was just like yes so it 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 makes it a lot now all they need to do is do the facebook app in dark mode and we're good to go yeah because I need everything to have a dark mode for real. <laughs> yeah, Adam was like, yeah, you know what? N- OneNote needs to have a dark mode. And I was like, yeah, Microsoft be like, okay, motherfucker, here you go. And it's just black. You can't see shit on it. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck, bitch. Like, oh, all right. It's like, oh, we better than this, Microsoft. <laughs> we better than this. <laughs> I'd also like to apologize in advance. <laughs> uh, there might be times in this podcast where I start coughing. Because I'm a little under the weather. Okay. Suck too much dick. No, I was given too much dick. You understand me? <laughs> um, Give and take, you know. 
<laughs> and I could have said, I could have been a bitch and be like, oh, I can't record. Oh, I have a tickle in my throat. Fuck all that. <laughs> no, First wait. of all, today, and I'm like, this ain't even on show notes. I'm just going to throw this out. Almost did that. <laughs> my computer, I thought the hard drive went. <laughs> oh, my God. Like my, and Literally, like, my heart sank when you said that. I was like, oh. I was like, fuck. And then I was like, okay, hard drives, but I got it. My first, th- my first thing was I got to get this show recorded today. So I grab my laptop and I plug everything in and it's working great. And I'm like, well, I should update it. So I update it and it <laughs> fucking crashes and won't boot anymore. I'm like, I broke that one too? What the fuck? <laughs> and then um, on a whim, I'm like, it's usually not this, but I'm going to check anyway. And I just swapped the wire for the hard drive, turned right back on. So the wire just went out. And I'm like, who dodged a fucking <laughs> bullet? So I felt like after that determination, why why would I give up? You right, know what I mean? Right. It's like, you know, life ain't got shit on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right, just a couple of reminders for all of you out there. Uh, we have those donation incentives. So if you want to donate some money to the show, keep us going, pay hosting fees and this stuff, uh, you get something out of it. So we have the tiers for various levels. Donations of $1 or more, you receive a thank you at the end of the month. Uh, donations of $15 or more, you'd be a sponsor of a particular episode, and you'd be able to write down your own sponsor ad, total self-promotional ad for your blog, business podcast, or whatever it is. Uh, and Adam and I will record it. Uh, thir- donations of $30 or more, you can choose the main story and we'll give you an honest debate about whatever you want. And donations of $100 or more, you can co-host an episode, you just need access to Skype and be available to record on a Sunday night. And you don't even have to take advantage of any of those options. If you just want to donate and get a thank you, we can do that too. And also we want got you guys to share pictures of you guys listening to the show. Take a screen pick or screenshot of the podcast uh, and your method of listening, either Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Pod, Pod Addict, whatever. Uh, post it on Twitter, Instagram, or even on your on our Facebook page and tag us at the Lazy Geeks, and uh, we'll share it. Show show us some love is really what we're trying to say. That's right. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's jump right into our short takes. So first, and definitely not least. <laughs> sorry, I just wanted to be dramatic. Um, <laughs> In case you have been living under a rock, which, listen, I do too. You know what I mean? Like Sometimes you just don't want to hear it. All right. This week, actor Topher Grace and Jeff Yorks released a super fan edit trailer of all 10 Star Wars movies, including Rogue One and Solo. According to Grace, um, they made it over a weekend having some beers and their wives away for the weekend, which is when you're the most productive. Exactly. You have nobody around and alcohol influenced. <laughs> It was kind of the, the trailer's pretty dope, but it was weird that it was Toe for Grace. Not because I think he can't do it, but that's just not what you normally hear him doing. <laughs> right. So you're just like, whoa, what? This one fucking need to get some work. Yeah, here making fan edits and shit. <laughs> but it was really, really cool. The last one they did was that um, the prequel edit. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was where they basically took out all the bullshit, which I still have yet to watch, you know. Um, that's cool. But, uh, but this, this, fan, this mega trailer was really touching because it was kind of, it was a total like you know it's called Star Wars always and it's just it's just one of those where you're just kind of like it was a, a love note you know and it was kind of like yeah that worked and the way everything was you know uh 
cut together and then the music and all of that stuff it was really really cool and the way they put in han solo you know solo and then rogue one it was just i thought it was really really awesome uh i, I sent it to patrick and patrick was like he's like he goes wow he goes wouldn't it be weird if Topher grace like got a chance to direct a star wars movie and it was like the best one and i was like that uh-huh. would be really weird like he'd be like that dude from that 70s show did he pay uh, david duke in that uh, black clansman <laughs> um and also the upcoming and possible final installment of the Fox version of the X-Men, uh, Dark Phoenix, that this, the film hits theaters on June 7th. So, um, I thought they canceled that shit. Nah, nah, nah. That one was more. a rumor for a minute. Remember Yeah, for a quick minute it was, but, um, they have one, the last one and it looks, it's basically, it's kind of funny because it's like, wow, we've really run out of ideas. Cause now we're going back and hitting, you know, x2 <laughs> yeah you know? we're doing shit that's already been done now yeah like let me rephrase what i previously said i thought they did us all a favor and canceled <laughs> this like i honestly think releasing this movie is just going to sully the x-men name even more to be honest because a lot of people have written off the x-men flicks because the new ones are fucking whack yeah i mean ever since after days of future past like Ooh. apocalypse was horrible yeah. and then you know like everybody's kind of like oh, we're gonna have to deal with this one but you know this will most likely be the last one at least from the Fox franchise, and then, you know, Marvel will take it over, and I'm pretty sure they'll do what they did with Spider-Man and all the other ones that they've got back and made them worth watching again. Thank you, Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Daddy Marvel. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, reboot, the, the reboot... The reboot... <laughs> the reboot of the Hellboy series released its second trailer with David Harbour taking on the title role while the stunning... Mila Jovovich plays the baddie. I, I when I saw her in this like in that skin type, I was like, "Oof." Google's gonna <laughs> be my friend. Um, the film hits theaters on April twelfth. This actually looks fucking cool. Oh, I know her. Oh, fuck, my problem is, <laughs> um, it looks just high. It's less funny and more violent now. Like now, it's a little closer to the comic. Almost, it looks. Yeah. Yeah, it so looks like I'm it's excited got, to see it's, it. It looks like Hellboy keeps his, you know, his his humor. Like he's going to be the 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 force behind the humor and just everything else around him. Uh, right. But it does look it looks cool. So I'm I'm very interested to see how this how this one turns out. Um, so in case you need some great viewing during all these snow and rainstorms that we've been having lately, um, uh, 2012, uh, you can <clears throat> <laughs> you can check out both installments of Wayne's World on hulu as well as masters of the universe for free on youtube with ads um i watched wayne's world the other night and oh god i forgot how great that movie is does it hold up though oh yeah nice totally i was was watching it and i would just still was cracking me up and i think also being older there's a lot of extra stuff that i didn't quite catch you know the first time around um or you kind of see the tropes that he makes fun of and you're like god we're still using those and you know to that extra degree like the scene that still cracks me up is the whole sponsorship scene like i will not sell out the show for just some quick corporate sponsors and then he holds up the the lid of like pizza hut yeah you know? <laughs> and god is all dressed little, up in reebok <laughs> a little bit of trivia for you um and i actually heard this today which is kind of ironic since we were talking about this um the nes video game wayne's world is one of the rarest American NES titles. Whoa. And it goes for about a hundred bucks. 
That's not pretty low. You, for, that's pretty low for a rare game. I mean, well, it's not rare level of like was only printed during a <laughs> tournament on a fucking Tuesday when the moon was, you know, it's not one of those fucking rare, but it's it's just I don't know why. And it's not even that good of a game. I've played it. Um, it's just a platformer. It just, re- the, it just reminds me of that meme you sent. Like I asked Nintendo why they don't have NES games for the Game Boy. Oh, yeah. Super <laughs> Nintendo games. And they sent me this picture. <laughs> that shit was I was dying when I saw that. And that's an old meme, too. Yeah. Oh man! So, Elon Musk's um, SpaceX had a huge weekend. On Saturday, they launched their first quote-unquote manned rocket into <laughs> space from Florida's Kennedy Space Center. Uh, when I say manned, it was a simulated passenger named Ripley after, obviously, the aliens. Um, if you don't know that, I don't know why you're listening. They should have sent Ripley and a toy cat and like a stuffed cat. Yeah, lap. that would have been funny. <laughs> um, as a test to see if their rocket could do a two-stage mission, um, survive the launch into space and docking with the International Space Station. After the successful launch at 5.51 a.m. Eastern Time, the spacecraft successfully docked with the space station, uh, where the three-station crew opened the hatch and received its simulated passenger. Human advancement of exploration continues as the first new space vehicle designed for humans in over 40 years arrived at our front door, said NASA's uh, Anne McLean. Welcome to the new era of spaceflight. The next, the next time a crew visits, a pair of NASA test pilots should emerge from its hatch, potentially the first humans to launch from U.S. soil since the final space sta- shuttle mission nearly eight years ago. SpaceX is targeting a July launch of a second demonstration mission called Demo-2 that would send former shuttle astronauts Bob um, Benkin and Doug Hurley to the station. So this is actually a really big fucking deal. Um, Everything went flawless, clockwork. Even the fucking, just like SpaceX does, the rocket landed on the 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 barge. Like everything was perfect. And um, this, they really needed this to go off without a hitch too. So it was... I was really excited about it because, like it said, a, pe- a lot of people will realize this is the first uh, – because NASA and Boeing and everybody, they talk about spacecrafts a lot. But no one's actually putting one into space. Right. You know, and, um, and, I, and, and I was speaking with someone and they were like, yeah, we have to rely on the fucking Russians. I said, you know, let's not disrespect the Russians. Their Soyuz capsule has been helping us out. You know, big ups to their science team for helping us out. Yeah, we always have to separate the science, the sciency people from the government people sometimes. Right. Um, but it is a little embarrassing <laughs> right. when well, you're the country that landed on the moon first. Right. But let's also keep in mind they made it to space first. That's true too. Right. I'm not taken away from any of Russia's accomplishments. No, those are for the America people, you know. America, yeah. yeah. I'm just saying that big ups to Russia for, you know And they still keep the, going with the assist. <laughs> huh? And they still keep going. You know, I don't give a fuck. Um, but it would be nice for us to be able to take care of that ourselves. And not only that, it's going to be in the private sector. It's going to be something that isn't so bogged down by bureaucracy that we might actually get some shit done. I mean, look how quick this came up. I mean, people might sit there and go, oh, no, it took forever for this to happen. Compare that to a NASA timeline, though. Oh, yeah. And even NASA now has been feeling the heat. and They've been wanting to get stuff done a little faster, too. I was I was reading an article couple weeks back about moon stuff they want to get done fast i think they're trying to get it done before we switch presidents and they change the fucking plan again yeah because every time there's a new president they change the plan 
So it's exciting time, exciting time in space. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, that was cool. And then this morning I woke up and saw that they had connected. I was like, yes. So it's like, finally, we can have some like, okay, cool. We got some successes. Now we can kind of keep going. And, and, you know, pretty soon we'll have, you know, starships and, you know, the Federation and all that stuff. So, um, all right. So I guess we'll jump into our watch list. So first thing I wanted to talk about, and I wanted to talk about it last week, but last week's show was kind of heavy on everything and I was figuring out, oh, well, we'll save it for next week. So this week is still kind of heavy. So it's like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> um, Spider-Man into the universe. Um, yes. It took me a while before I actually got around to actually watching it and have to admit, probably one of the best Spider-Man movies ever made. And, yeah. and we're beating out when we're, and this is even past, you know, uh, the original uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man and the the Marvel reboot, and uh, oh, it was just so great, like visually amazing, and the story worked out so well. I love them breaking the fourth wall, um, each each of them introducing themselves, which was always cool. Okay, let's do this one more time, and and it was really cool having like Chris Pine playing the original Peter Parker. And then, you know, dies partway through. And then you have all these other, all the other ones coming in there. Um, and I have been a fan of Miles Morales. Um, like most people, I wasn't really like, oh God, we're going to kill off Peter Parker and we're going to bring in this new guy. But then Bendis kind of created such a great three-dimensional character. Yeah. And, and totally just broke the norms with the rest of the Spider-Man lore, created a new one. And, you know, people need to realize that this was created in the Ultimate Universe, which was, you know, Marvel's separate universe. And uh, he flourished. Which now doesn't exist. Right. But now Miles was pulled into this universe. So. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I thought they did a great job introducing Miles to uh, to basically a whole new, you know, uh fan base that it probably isn't even aware of him and then you have the other the older peter parker who's you know aunt may's passed on and divorced from mj and has got that gut <laughs> which <laughs> i thought was great um you know and uh my favorite though was when the original spider-man when they were talking to chris pines peter parker he goes yeah i've got you know books and i've saved the world and blah 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 and i even did this and then they showed the dancing spider-man you know, he's like, but we don't talk about that. You know, I right. thought it was like, nice, you know, a little dig at Sam Raimi there for that one. Um, you know, and then we got Spider-Gwen, which was great, which I thought was was a character that I really, really dug. I, I thought yeah. they did a great job with that character. Um, uh, I wasn't really familiar with the anime one. <laughs> the the I know, I know of the anime one, and I know it's the weirdest one. Well, yeah. And it, because, you know, Japan. Right. <laughs> but, um, and, and, you know, they, they pretty much spelled it out. They didn't change the character. Right. But it's from a, a manga. I forget when it was out. I think it was the 90s. Um, it might still be out. But I remember hearing about it when I was younger and going, what? And then just kind of moving on with my life. Like, okay. <laughs> and I, um, I remember Spider Man Noir, but I never got around to reading it and watching it. Yeah, me neither. Watching it and stuff like that. And then, of course, now I'm going to envision. You know, every time I, if I read it, I'm going to hear Nicolas Cage's voice, you know, and that's like, 
Yeah, I got I got to check it out now. But of course, my all-time favorite, and this was when it, they did the Spider-Verse comic series, and then I heard they were bringing him in, Spider-Ham. Yeah. I mean... It was just so silly, you know? <laughs> and it was done in the jo- as a joke in the 80s, because I remember they were doing this whole list of like just ridiculous ones, and I remember going, oh, Spider-Ham, and reading it, Peter Porker, and, uh, and all of that stuff, and I remember just laughing, and then all of a sudden... Like a couple of years ago, they did uh, the Spider-Verse comic book event series. And they're like, oh, but, um, Marvel announces they're going to bring Spider-Ham back. And I'm like, what? No way. But he's also voiced by one of my favorite comedians, John Mulaney. Who yeah. Just, he's just so funny. So just hearing him play Peter Porker was, was great. But um, I really dug it. Like it had a lot of heart. Um, it visually was great. I've watched it like two or three times now. And it just—it was just a really, really great movie. If you guys haven't watched it, or you know, if somebody's been on the fence about it, I recommend watching it. I don't think I've met anyone that doesn't like it at all. Yeah, I took—I um, took my whole family to the theater to see it, um, and the kids just loved it. And w- one thing too is with a lot of people, and of course, this always happens, but. When Miles Morales was created, people were like, oh, of course, they need to make a Spider-Man that's not white or whatever. But a lot of people don't realize that Bendis has two adopted um, African-American daughters. Yeah. And he wanted to make a, you know, a character they could look up to. I respect that. But it didn't really click with me until I saw this movie. Because I was sitting next to my, um, my young son, eight years old at the time. And he's mixed as well. He's... Oh, yeah. Caucasian like me and then he's um also Salvadorian and he goes he's not he's not all black and I go no he's black and Hispanic you see the mom who's yeah. hot by the way and then it's <laughs> it's weird to me because it's, it's a cartoon but she could get it um so <laughs> he uh he goes oh like me and his eyes just fucking lit up and it kind of and you know what I'm not trying to sound super liberal here but sometimes as a white person you don't notice sometimes you know yeah. you don't notice that you kind of have you had your heroes and shit to look up to and stuff like that it was more in abundance you know it's it's not my fault that other people didn't but it's just you didn't notice right. and i think at that moment it kind of clicked for me and and that character became even more important um and also too you have to respect marvel for how they did it they didn't erase peter parker they just made a new one in a different universe. It's kind of the beauty of comic books. But my favorite thing about this whole movie was the art style. Oh, yeah. It's fucking gorgeous. I mean, one of the greatest scenes was when they were doing the graffiti. Oh, yeah. So fucking just gorgeous. And then the fucking end fight scene where everything was flying around. and <laughs> You could tell that whoever was drawing this thing was really – or animating as would be the correct turn was did it with some, with some love, you know, it was, it was just a gorgeous thing to look at. Yeah. That was, Um, that was one of the things that, that struck me too, was just each character also had a a design style and how it was all incorporated into one. Um, also I think, you know, the same thing that you, that you had said with about, um, miles, the same thing with, uh, Gwen Stacy being there because it's like, okay, now, you know, the, we have the, you know, the, a female for the Spider-Man for the girls, you know, and then right. you had the, the anime one too, which was like, you know, that, so it was just, it was all these different ones. And I mean, that, the whole, that was the whole message of the movie was anyone could wear the mask. And, um, I got to admit, got a little sad when, uh, Stan Lee had his cameo. 
Yeah. You know, and then he says, I'm going to miss him too. And it's kind of like, I know Spider Man's missing you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it was a, it was a, it's a, it was a great movie. Definitely enjoyed it. Soundtrack was pretty sl- sick too. I was bumping that shit for a couple <laughs> weeks for real. I was, I was jamming that shit because it was on, um, every streaming service. Like, who buys music anymore? Right. right. Um, but, either stream or steal it's one of the two <laughs> yeah and honestly nowadays i someone told me at work like yeah i downloaded that new um what album was it oh ariana ariana grande album he he said he downloaded it for his girlfriend i'm like bro i'll bump some ariana grande you don't don't you don't gotta be ashamed motherfucker. you know the girl got pipes you know what i mean but i was like you stole a album <laughs> in 2019 homie i'm like why don't you just fucking stream it he's like i don't want to pay for that shit i'm like 10 bucks dude you don't even have I to said, pay for it you sitting at work <laughs> you can't afford well i mean no you don't have to but if you want to skip to things and all yeah. that and there's like eight different things to choose from like i'm like i can't even look at you right now <laughs> like you stealing just to steal like you have a problem if i got my face but um yeah, my kids were actually back to Spider Man. Um, <laughs> my kids were actually uh, bugging me. They wanted me to to get this movie, so I think next paycheck I'm gonna buy it. Yeah, because it's out on streaming right now, and I think next week it comes out on physical. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, I don't buy I don't buy movies physical anymore. I have too many kids. <laughs> every every time I've bought in a DVD or a Blu-ray, it gets fucking destroyed. Oh yeah, yeah. It's kids. just one more thing I got to keep track of. <laughs> you know? So it's like whatever. And I kind of I've fallen into that whole streaming thing of it's just so much more convenient right. to just have the menu come up. I think we're all being conditioned for that anyway because of all the streaming services and shit. Yeah, it's like I, now I'm not buying movies; I'm paying for the privilege to watch them. <laughs> right. So, uh, all right. So, uh, moving on to our regular recap stuff: um, Star Trek Discovery Episode Seven, Light and Shadow. Um, this was really good. This was this was really good. It was uh, time. Uh, it was it was definitely a B story. Uh, a you had um, Michael looking for Spock, going back to Vulcan to try to find Spock. A little more. Is this the first episode that was A and B? Kind of like a traditional Star Trek. Yeah, a traditional A and B story. Yeah. And then B storyline was the enter uh, the Enterprise Discovery was uh, staying uh, staying put to try to see some of the rem investigate some of the uh particles that were there and then yeah. they got caught up in a temporal wake which somehow shielded them from the changes in the timeline um <laughs> <laughs> um so you had ash and and pike kind of settling some scores there um so uh definitely definitely a, a really cool episode because you really had a lot of stuff going on and then the ending uh which we'll get into a sec um what did you, what did you think about it? Um, I'm st- I'm stuck thinking about the probe. Oh right, <laughs> and the ending is fucking eluding me right now. Refresh my memory because I feel stupid. <laughs> okay, so um, at the end of the episode, uh, uh, Spock's rattling off some numbers, and oh yes, yeah, yes, then, yeah, then, I remember we spoke about that. Yeah, and then Michael puts in the coordinates and then reverses them. And then come out that they were go that they were coordinates to Talos four, and um, now I know there's a lot of people that got picked up on TNG, and I literally when they said Talos four, I literally was made an auto audible gasp, um, 
And for most people in, that knew just TNG and didn't watch the old Trek, it is a reference to the cage, which took place two years before this movie, or before the the Discovery. Yeah. And um, Talos Four is the cage where Pike was introduced and eventually came back in the in, as the Menagerie. And Talos Four is where the Talosians were able to uh, were meant had the incredible mental powers that they can force illusions on people. And uh, in when he got in, and then when um, because they they were looking for a companion for this one girl that was a slave there, and uh, they created a, a companion for her, which was basically a mirror image of Pike. And then Pike went back to the Enterprise, and they and they took off. But when they come back in in a, several years later, when it's Kirk's turn, Talos Four is forbidden, like on the do not go list uh, for Starfleet, and it's the only and violating that rule is the only way you could get the death penalty in Starfleet. Yeah, and so Spock was risking the death death penalty to take Pike back there. But we never knew why it was why it was on the do not go list, like why it had such a hardcore, like uh, death penalty um, kind of thing. So, you know, my thinking, and there's some others in there, I was thinking that maybe this is their way of kind of going into that and explaining why. And I'm down too. So, um, so I had to ask. Anytime something pertains too much. To the original to the original series sometimes i gotta hit steve up because i i started on the um next gen and i have i have i have yet to see all of the original series and i'm not ashamed to say as much as a star trek fan as i am i'll try to do it but it's hard to get into because it's dated yeah to me like it, to to me 80s is about as far as i go until i start going what the fuck <laughs> um but one thing that I was tripping on, I started doing some fucking conspiracy math in my head, was that probe. So they they go into the, um, into the rift or whatever the fuck <laughs> it's called, the temporal wake, and um, their probe attacks them. Right, it gets modified. They, right, and they said that um, carbon dating it or whatever, it's gone in the future five hundred years. So, looking at timelines here. If it's 2260, roughly, right. in, uh, during Discovery, that would put it at the end of the 27th century or the beginning of the 28th century. Yeah. So the 27th century, we have information. 28th century, we don't have any information on. But the 27th century is the Temporal Cold War. Right. So, And that's Enterprise, folks. Yes. If any of you watched Enterprise, <laughs> and if you haven't, watch it. What are you doing? Because it was good. It, yeah. ha- it had its ups and downs, but it was really good. Yeah. Um, Plus it had the Scott Bakula. Cold, huh? Plus it had Scott Bakula. That's right. Oh. And it had T'Pol. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> um, the Temporal Cold War obviously is when that you have these two factions, one being the Federation. One's trying to alter the his- history. One's trying to keep it the way it's supposed to be, which obviously the Federation's a good guys there. Um so I strongly think it has something to do with that because they wouldn't drop 500 years. That's sure. for them hardcore fans like myself who are going to pull <laughs> up the fucking timeline and going <laughs> to do the math and shit like that. So I don't think they would mention that if that wasn't important information. The only information we have on the 27th century is the Temporal Cold War. That's the only thing we have. Right. 
So, um, and it seems like they're going to try to kind of tie up because if you really look at everything like Enterprise and all the, and and all the prequel shows, they really kind of almost stand apart. But it seems like this is going to be a way for them to kind of try to tie everything together. You know, like right. Enterprise to Discovery and Discovery to the to the original Star Trek. And we we said that in the beginning was that was going to be a difficult task, but a much needed one. Is they're going to have to they have to connect to the other stuff to put themselves into the timeline correctly. Yeah. Or the fans aren't going to they're going to go fuck off. This is an alternate thing. Right. Like that's what people are going to think. So I think they're doing a good job. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I uh, one thing that I, that I actually made me laugh a lot was when um, Philippa was helping um, Michael escape, and she's like, "So you need to attack me," you know. And then she and then like out of nowhere, Michael goes and punches uh, punches uh, Giorgio, and then she's like, "Well, you said it." And she's like, "Yeah, but next time with feeling," <laughs> you know, like basically saying you hit like a bitch kind of thing. And then they went ahead and they started having their little their fight scene on there and uh i thought it was it was actually really really cool the way they the way they handle that for her to get for her and spock to escape yeah um but yeah you know i'm, I'm definitely in, interested in seeing where this is going especially since we have two kind of it's kind of interesting because we have the temporal cold war which you, you and i had talked about before and then talos force so it's like they're really dealing with definite trek pasts in one season so it's going to be kind of interesting to see how how that all plays out. Yeah, it's it's I'm excited about it. I uh I got even more excited when you told me what Talos 4 was. Because it was funny cuz they said Talos 4 and I'm like I feel like I've heard that. And then I said Talos 4 and you're kind of like I don't know what that is and I was like Yeah, like what is that? But I still I was like I know that's important. <laughs> and I was about to look it up and then you told me yeah. what it was and I was like, "Oh, okay." And then I looked it up still. I'm like, "Oh, I'm an idiot." <laughs> so um, but that was cool, and it's it's also cool because it's from the first episode, so it, they're really trying to link it up, yeah, like directly in line. So, uh, so one of the other wow, great episodes of this week, yeah, the Orville Identity Part Two. Um, they went balls deep on this <laughs> shit. one. If you've been hanging on with the Orville to this point, like this was the payoff, like this was basically like old school Trek, you know. And if you listen to last week's episode, the, you know, the, um, the, uh, Isaac's race, I forgot their names. Um, but the, uh, they were launching an all out assault against humanity and they were going to start oh, with yeah. earth and, uh, fuck, I forget their name too. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, I had their name all week and then suddenly like spaced out on me. Uh, but they were going to start eradicating humanity, um, and uh, they were and they were starting with Earth and the Union. Um, so, as Kalon, Kalon, that's it. So, um, as uh, as suspected, you know, um, Isaac did come around to helping them, but only because they the primary decided he wanted to, you know, um, kill the kid, um, kill Claire's uh, youngest child, which I was like. I was like, damn, he's just straight up going to kill the kid, like, no remorse. Because they don't give a fuck. Yeah, well, it was funny because uh, John joined one of these uh, Orville group um, discussion f- things on Facebook. And, he's, and um, he said one of the people on there goes, with the determination that the Kalons had to eradicate humans, 
and the inability to listen to logic, they go, wouldn't that mean, wouldn't that include feelings like hatred? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, they became, you know, self-evolved, self-aware. And, um, you know, it's like, yeah. So they started doing that. But I noticed, too, that um, they learned a few things yeah. from their <laughs> biological creators, like like um, xenophobia. Yeah. And that's pretty much what was going on. And, and you, if you really think about it, it's kind of a computer thing, too, because in the simplest sense, you know, they, they even said, they go, well... The race, the race of biological creatures that created them enslaved them. And then they looked at the history of this one and it was the same thing. And they right. go, okay, well, that leads to the conclusion that you all do this shit. Right. So just cut out the middleman here. and <laughs> <laughs> Ipso facto, you know, you guys, right. your guys are douchebags too. Um, which was, it was really interesting. And one of the things that it actually, I thought they did really well with was they were giving uh, characters you know, chances to kind of do stuff like uh, the Norm MacDonald char- character, the the jelly guy, um, you know, he got a chance to kind of, you know, save the ship, you know, and send that message to the Union fleet. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, um, and then, of course, you know, reaching out to the Krill to try to form an, an alliance. And I loved it, too, because the Krill is like, you know, like... um. You know, like, I don't believe you. He's like, what are you, dude, are you high? Like, <laughs> you know. Um, it was such, it, but it was so cool because that, that the enemy of my enemy is my, my friend. friend. Yeah. And it, it was such a, um, it was a cool moment. Like, I think I really liked this two-parter too because I never knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Like, I kind of was like, what? Like, what's, oh shit, how are they going to deal with this? And it was such a Star Trek thing, too. And it reminded me of TNG a lot with the, the first part of this is when we ended on the to be continued, it was dire. Right. Like, you were like, I have no fucking idea how they're going to get out of this. Yeah. Like, it was great. Yeah. And it was, it was, and then you got into that. Now, remember a couple weeks back, we go, that was weird that they had a, a rerun like in the middle, like random rerun. And they said they needed more time with visual effects. Now you see this episode and that epic battle scene. And you're like, now I know why did they needed that extra time? Like, you know, yeah, I was thinking that too. <laughs> and it was a crazy ass fight scene, a battle sequence, seeing all the different ships and, you know, um, the damages the ships were taking to, to eradicate them. And then when the krill came in and then the, their fighters came out, and just like so much going on, just grabbing a screenshot of that and just seeing all the different shit that was going on there was was fucking insane. And I love, dude, the um, the helmsman being on the pilot on the uh, on the krill ship, and he's fucking quoting Top Gun as he's flying through the um, flying through the battle and shit. Was, I like too, and he he slides through the battle and made eye contact with a krill, and he kind of <laughs> did the ah like yeah. he's biting him. Yeah. I was like, what the. <laughs> Dude. Like, like it was cool because it was such a serious episode, but the Orville is obviously an homage to Star Trek, but it has its own personality. Mm-hmm. And I like that no matter what's going on on the screen, it keeps it, you know, and, and not just for the funny, silly shit, but also for how, you know, the more serious tones and stuff like that. And I, I just dig it. <laughs> I love dude when the um, engineer was flying the ship and he blows up that one. He's like, boom, bitch. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. I was like, that's what we wanted to see on Star Trek. You know, when you, you know, when some you some real motherfuckers, when, on there, you know, because like on Trek, when they blow somebody up, you see somebody do that little fist, like that little fist pump, you know, <laughs> this one, you just yeah. boom, bitch. 
That was my favorite oh, line great. in the episode. <laughs> it was cool, too, because I didn't expect it. Like, boom, bitch. I said, what? <laughs> oh, what? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> That's my dog. <laughs> uh, oh, so, um, so, yeah. So, one, go ahead. One thing I am excited about is I, I mentioned to, to Steve – not I think before the two parter, I was like, we're real heavy on the doctor, and I like the doctor, but I was kind of like, can we like not do this? Like, there's other people <laughs> on the ship that I'd like to interact with. You know what I mean? Right. Now I know why it was that way, but still, now that the two part is over, there'll obviously be some focus on Isaac, but we can start doing some B stories or something like that. Right. Um, for some other people. Um. I like how they incorporated the kids a little bit more. I thought that was cool too. Um, they seem to be that little kid's pretty cool, the youngest one. Yeah. Um, what was it like? But you got to remember, Isaac saved us. It was because of Isaac we got into this in the first place. <laughs> right. And there was that moment too when when all the Kalons were knocked out or dead or whatever. And they were carrying Isaac off, and the captain kind of looks at him yeah, and watches him walk out. Everybody kind of gave that kind of weird look, like like they don't know what to do. Right? Like they're yeah. like, uh, um, so that's going to be interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. I know um, the captain got him to be put back on the ship, which is probably the most far fetched thing in the episode. <laughs> um, but how is that dynamic going to be? You know what I mean? It's I don't know. Is he still going to have the same role? Is is he going to be being watched? You know, what's his relationship with the doctor now? Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, yeah, one of the I things know. that that I um, that I thought was kind of interesting was, and they mentioned this several times to drive home that point that he did not that um, Isaac did not go through the purge. He was built after that. So he has all the memories, but he doesn't have the animosity. He didn't actually experience it. Right. So he doesn't have that animosity, that hatred, that, you know, the fear of the humans that, that the rest of them do. So he has a more clear mind about it. Yeah. Like he, and, and I think that's the thing is the only emotion the Kalons got from their creators is hate. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of, it kind of makes sense when they're being enslaved by them. Right. You know, they're not going to know about the good stuff. But um, Isaac doesn't have that problem, so he can see it more clear that this is probably dumb. Like maybe genocide's not the right thing to do. <laughs> well, it's it's you know? kind of that it's that human trait. You know, once you get far enough along, people's views change because they did yeah. not go through it, so they have a little more of a, a you know a well, clear it's like mind. Now you see people make make jokes about, um, and I'm not saying you shouldn't, but making jokes about the Holocaust or world right. war two, go back to the 1950s and see how many jokes are being made. Right. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's a little bit more serious when you were there to experience it. You know, I think no one makes jokes about nine 11 right now because right. someone would get slapped upside the head <laughs> acting right. foolish, you know? So it's, um, it's interesting. I'm just, I, I really, really want to see how that's going to play out. Yeah. So we got five more episodes left. Of the uh, season, of the season, yeah. So I was looking at the ratings, and they they they've definitely been um, pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, I guess for some reason the episode on February sixth was pretty down. That might have been the, wise. No, I was gonna say that might have. Oh, been that the, was the rerun. Yeah, that might have been the rerun. Yeah. yeah. Um. But we the last episode 
went up a lot. I don't know how to read these, to be completely honest. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going. I'm going. I'm. I'm, ho- I'm hopefully going with. You know, I'm hopefully seeing that. You know, if this doesn't get a season three renewal, you know, I'm going to be very, very pissed off. Yeah, I think it will, to yeah. be honest. And that's what I was looking for when I was looking at these ratings. Here, Steve's going to look at the ratings, and he'll know. <laughs> he'll know what he's fucking looking. At. He's from L.A. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I don't know what the fuck this means. <laughs> Oh, I just know the first episode was shit. <laughs> it just looks like it was. Oh man! So why don't you? Uh, while I'm looking at this, why don't you dip into? Yeah. So last but definitely not least, Doom Patrol, episode three, titled Puppet Patrol. Um, this one was kind of cool because it was a little bit more zany than the last ones. Hmm. Um, they went to Paraguay. 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 Yeah, Paraguay. And um, just the adventure of getting there, <laughs> which was cut short. But it was uh, – that was great. And there was a lot of jokes. In that. I feel like this one was a little funnier than the last – all the episodes have had humor in them. But this one was a little lighter um, until the end and it gets a little bit more serious. But um, it was nice to see – we got a little more bit, bit more into the backstory of Mr. Nobody because we found the person who made him Mr. Nobody. It was weird that he wasn't in the episode. Yeah, and he didn't narrate like he usually does. Yeah, and, and I noticed that. This is the first episode he wasn't. And if you notice from the last episode before this, he kind of just stopped talking once um, Cyborg checked him. Yeah. He kind of just ended. Like he didn't want to. You don't want to talk to anybody anymore. So, oh no, no, no! They left. They left that little world that he pulled them into, and then he said, "Like you know, good luck, or I'll be back, or whatever." And then he's just gone. And I'm like, "That doesn't make any sense." But okay, whatever. We'll figure that out later. Um, Jane is slowly becoming my favorite character, just because <laughs> she's, she's always been your favorite character. No, Robot Man was my favorite character. Um. She's the hottest character. I mean, <laughs> but um, it's just amazing. You never know what's going to happen with that chick because she has so many fucking personalities, and they just and they switch them on the fly, man. It's fucking great. <laughs> um, Cyborg can't get a break, <laughs> dude. The fucking the fucking jokes they made on Cyborg cracking. <laughs> hey, dude. you're Cyborg. So what's Batman like? Like, duh, really, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, a uh, hey, good job, Cyborg. <laughs> Justice League 2020. <laughs> yeah, a good pep talk, Batman. <laughs> Justice yeah. League 2020. I was like, that should be a bumper sticker. Like, we can <laughs> Justice League 2020. Fucking Robot Man is on his ass, dude. <laughs> but honestly, though, I think that's good because if you if we if we really see. It's good for character development because if you see where Cyborg's coming from, he's kind of a loner. Yeah. The only person that really talks to him is his father, and his father is constantly telling him how great he is. Yeah, you know. So now he's with some people who are going to be like, "Can you stop fucking up?" <laughs> what does uh, does Aquaman lose his keys? <laughs> <laughs> and then Jane comes in, like the mo- mother hen, is like, "Give him his keys back." Yeah. What? Are, oh, these keys? <laughs> oh, these? Yeah. <laughs> Like, I was fucking dying. <laughs> and one of Jane's uh, personalities can teleport, <laughs> which was funny. Yeah, he, that one got bored yeah. and then just teleported only half the team. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> there was that. Then the uh, 
we got a lot of backstory on Negative Man. Yeah. Um, and we realized that he it's definitely a a was a bit of a douchebag. <laughs> um, just because he's one of those people that he causes problems and then he just leaves. Like he doesn't try to solve them. It's a very selfish thing. He's mm-hmm. kind of afraid of everything. He's afraid of conflict and afraid of confrontation. And um, yeah, I think he's the more the, right now anyway, the most psychological character, the one that you can really sit there for like and really have a discussion about his failings and and who he is as an individual. Yeah, when and you he, when you started seeing all the different stuff that he was going through with his boyfriend and his wife, and you're just like, yeah. wow, we can't unpack all that. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> we need a couple more side episodes. You know what I mean, like. And and it was funny too because before that, so he gets in the machine at the at the thing, and what it does is gives him a a rare moment where it pulls the entity out of him and he can communicate with it face to face. And I, when I first saw that, I thought the entity would would plead with him for him not to leave. But it didn't. It, it was basically straight check. checked him. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say, basically it was, che- body check that guy. Yeah, he was like, you're a bitch. <laughs> it's basically what he said. You know, he didn't really speak. He kept repeating what – Um, we got to remember the things in Alien. He kept repeating what uh, Negative Man said back to him. And it was – um, he basically treated him like a fucking joke. Yeah. You know, and, and this is the heroic side of the pairing. Right. <laughs> you know, so it was it was kind of it was kind of deep. Yeah. You know, and I think I rewound it rewound it. I why wow. <laughs> how do you say it in the digital I I played it back a couple yeah, of times. Yeah, skip back a couple of times. Um I rewound it. <laughs> <laughs> I flipped over the fucking Betamax. <laughs> so I definitely uh listened to it a few times because it was um it was deep. Yeah. You know, and I, I think the one that was kinda out of the element a little bit was uh um, Elastigirl, but Cyborg checked her too and told yeah. her, you know, get off the fucking pot and do something because she's so afraid to fucking move because she doesn't want to turn into fucking plastic or whatever. Yeah, it was interesting too when she was getting kind of when he was laying into her, she started to kind of her skin started to kind of uh, droop. But then yeah. when she started laying into him really quick, when she started going, you know, saying about daddy and stuff like that, then her composure came back because like suddenly she was. You know, she was feeling stronger, right? And it's it's completely obvious that her quote unquote condition is is um is uh exasperated yeah um by stress, you know, which is why she's always trying to be like, oh, nothing's bothering me, I'm <laughs> so perfect, you know. Um, still the most annoying character, <laughs> not in a bad way, but just the one that really needs to get a slap. You know, yeah, just for being kind of an asshole. What's funny too is that I always find the shots really interesting, and I, you know, from a cinematic standpoint, when I when they're sitting there watching TV, and there's you know we see it almost in every episode where they're sitting you know in a room watching TV all c- silently, and then we get that in the same one in the hotel room. You have the the um, Jane and and um, Elastigirl on the bed, and then you have everybody else on the other bed. You know, and they're all just sitting there watching the movie, not saying a word. Yeah, that is in every episode. Huh? Yeah, it's like yeah, because this is episode three, Puppet Patrol, which I'm starting to gather something Patrol is going to be the title, whatever it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, but uh, 
Yeah, it seems in every episode there's a scene where they're just sitting at the tape, sitting wherever watching TV, and it's just quiet. Nobody's saying anything. And this one they're doing it too. And um, so I thought that was that was really that was that's been kind of an interesting, you know. And it's 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 kind it is interesting because that that scene is kind of a moment for the audience to hang a little bit, like yeah. and kind of be like, what are they doing? Right. Like what what are they thinking about? Like they're not just watching TV. Right. They're all they're just they're looking they're watching TV, but they're thinking. You know? Right. It's, it's like so what? And it yeah, it's almost like you added an extra layer to the show, and you didn't even have to do anything. Right. It's kind of interesting. And uh, one of the things that was that was, you know. Um, one of the things I kind of liked was when, uh, when Robot Man just kind of came across all them Nazis in that hallway, yeah. and then just you know then was decimated. Like, it, it like when he when that one guy charged him and he like literally like what do you like crush his head or whatever, and then yeah. he flips them he flips them all off with both fingers and then they just start going at him, and it's kind of like. Oh wow! It's it's a looked a little more realistic of what something metallic would do to, you know, flesh and bone against a brick wall. Like you can right. see, like oh yeah, that it wouldn't be like bloodless, you know. No, it's like you're in a vice. Yeah, and then fucking Jane in that. Uh, First of all, Jane has no room to judge. <laughs> I know and she can't. I know I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but I. I thought that little look she gave him, I'm like, really? Yeah, like, consider what you just did with the words over there? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> That's the weirdest fucking superpower, too. Yeah. She says something and then uses those words and starts killing people. Yeah. Um, I did like at the end where she tells uh, she tells Elastigirl, we found the chief. And she hands him the marionette puppet. That yeah. whole part was really fucking weird. <laughs> like, the marionette puppets. Yeah. It and, really was, and it's it, this whole scene where they apparently this the where Mister Nobody gets his power <laughs> is a medical research facility for rich people um, yeah. to get kind of enhanced powers or what have you, and Mister Nobody like where Deadpool went, yeah, kind of like that, yeah. uh, but they went willingly, uh, but these guys go willingly, and uh, they meet one dude who's a little too eager. And they go in for the orientation, and it's like what three hours long, yeah. and it it's it says tells the whole history through marionette puppets. Yeah, and that doctor is full of himself. Oh God, yeah. Like he's stroking his own fucking epine over there. <laughs> oh man, so it was like that whole bit was a little a little weird, but um, I'm very very interested to see where it's going from here. Because they really they learned something about where you know, you know, Mister Nobody came from, but like, where is it going from there? And then the one dude where he's like, "Was I supposed to be in here that long?" Yeah, like now the, he's got like a fucking celery hands and a raptor head, and <laughs> I'm know. like, "What the fuck?" I'm like, "What happened here?" <laughs> but um, yeah, because this episode was chock full of information, lots of backstory and stuff, but they really haven't progressed any in in their main mission of finding the chief. Yeah, that's the one thing that I was like, oh, well, we aren't anywhere for, you know, we didn't move anywhere. So. Like they know, they found, basically, the only thing they really found out was that the chief was there. Right. And stopped, and stopped the Nazi dude from finishing his procedure on Mr. Nobody. But... Then they killed the Nazi dude. So it's like, 
okay, well, the information you now know is irrelevant. Right. So I don't know <laughs> what we're doing. So what do we It's do cool here? for the audience, you know. Right. So, yeah, I know. So it's kind of like, mm, okay. <laughs> Moving on now. So, yeah, so I'm curious to see what happens next week. Uh, all right. So uh, with that, I guess we can uh, jump into uh, some headlines. Yes. The end of the old school handheld era has come to an end. Sony officially announced on Saturday that it has immediately discontinued production of their handheld PlayStation Vita. The news doesn't come as a complete surprise. Sony announced in 2018 that they would cease production of physical games by March 2019, as well as no longer offering the handheld free games as part of the PlayStation Plus free games incentive. That leaves Nintendo as the only real handheld device manufacturer. And I say real because I'm not talking about mobile games. Because mm. I know some people no, there's mo- that. Fuck you. That's not real. Like they're games, but those are time killer games. Like, right. Play Uncharted on a fucking mobile device. Come on. Right. What are we doing here? Stop that shit. <laughs> Technically, I can through an emulator, but it's whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm 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 bummed that they discontinued. I mean, like we like I said, you know, it's it's not. It wasn't unforeseen but you know it's a good device i mean i still have mine the problem is is that and i hate to make nintendo sound like some evil fucking conglomerate but there really is no one to challenge them in the mobile space they have two consoles out both of them are fucking mobile yeah and they dominate sales i mean the 3ds is still selling off the shelves you know it's it's crazy yeah one of the things that i thought was just timing on the Vita. Because at the time the Vita came out, it was the rise of tablets and mobile devices. Right. And even even Nintendo only had the 3DS at the time. Or just the DS. I don't know if the 3DS had come out yet. Um, I don't think it had. I think it was just the DS. And, uh, and at the time it was just... It was expensive and everybody's like, well, I can still play games on my tablet and stuff like that. But now... People have kind of gotten over the whole tablet, mobile. I mean, tablets aren't selling as well as they used to, and mobile games. It's like, yeah, you can get an emulator, you can do Mario Run, but people under people, I think, now have finally understood the difference between handheld games versus mm-hmm. mobile games. And then the Switch comes out, and it just dominates. And then you know, Sony had basically abandoned it years ago. So it when they started to you know, the gate consoles started to kind of come back again. They could have said, hey, you know, we're, we got this still, you know, we got newer games for it, but, you know, nobody was really making games for it anymore. And the only thing the Vita was good for at that point was just parring with the play at PS4 so you could play it outside, you know, kind of like, like what the um, Switch does now. Right. So. Yeah, it's, um, I really liked the Vita when it came out. And the only reason I didn't get it was because I, I already saw it. Like, it's almost as soon as it came out, Sony gave up on it. Yeah. Like, they backed off from, from it really fast. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to – I've done this before <laughs> where I get something that's failing. And, and I'm like, I hold on to hope. And then it's a waste of fucking time. Yeah. That's why it took me a minute to get the Switch, to be honest with you. Yeah. I didn't want to get it right away because the Wii U fucking tanked. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's better just let everybody else sort it out first. 
<laughs> you know. Right. But uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, who knows? Who knows if anyone will come out with a mobile? I I, I have a feeling that no one will. No, I don't think so. None either. of the big companies. I think Sony's officially done. I would I'd be hard pressed to see them come out with a new one. Yeah. And then uh, Microsoft's never shown that they gave a fuck about any of that. No. So they can't even sell a Surface. <laughs> Microsoft, we're yeah. better than this. <laughs> we're better than this. <laughs> so listen, <laughs> it is laughable. When you hear about people's passwords getting cracked because they used admin password or 12345 as their code. To be honest, passwords are basic when you received passwords are basic when you received a new router. However, Comcast decided it was a good idea to present Xfinity Mobile customers with the default PIN code of 0000. Not surprisingly, this allowed fraudsters to rat ratchet up a sizable credit card bill. The Washington Post explains that Comcast doesn't prompt users to create a unique pin, which it apparently does to make people's lives easier, uh, which that's the opposite of what it does. Um, (laughs) When reporters contacted the company, it said that it was working on a fix for the pin-based solution. In a statement sent to Engadget, a Comcast representative said that Quote, we have already implemented a solution that provides additional safeguards around our porting process, and we're working aggressively toward a pin-based solution. First of all, they act like (laughs) a solution's never been brought up before on (laughs) on this problem. Um, To say, like, oh, we don't want to bother our customers because it's just, you know, it ruins the experience. (laughs) Okay, you're just screwing yourself over. Right. You know, it's like a mobile customer already knows that they're going to have to set up safeguards. Apple does. Google does. You know, uh, Verizon, you know, all of these companies know that there has to be safeguards to that. I mean, that's why they have different levels of safeguards. You can do a pin. OK. You know, want to do fingerprint? Want to do facial recognition? Want to shoot some sperm on it? You know, we can do a DNA based, you know, whatever, you know. But it's your choice. But to sit there and go, oh, we just gave him a default pin of zero, 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 zero. It's like, you know, nobody can figure that out. Right. <laughs> it's like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> it's fucking silly. Like even and it's funny, too, because most routers actually. They come with a, a pretty good password defaults randomized. Yeah. yeah. Um, like when I got the I have a nicer router now, but when I got the router from Cox Communications here. It had this like it was twelve digit randomized password. You know, yeah. and I could change it if I wanted to, but Well it's the same yeah, same thing with, with me. I got the when I well it was Time Warner at the time and they sent me a new password. They're like, Yeah, here's your this is your passcode for that router. And then also my net my uh netgear. Yeah, mm-hmm. my netgear router had a, a specific one designed for that, but I could even change it for that. Um so it's like it's like, come on, what are we doing? And then when you, you know, with the Samsung phone and with the iPhone, it's like, oh, you set it up as new. Okay, create a security pin. You know, it's like, come on, what are, what are you doing? Are you whatever? Are they you? they shot themselves in the foot because everyone's just going to blame them anyway. Yeah, and then they're gonna lo- They're gonna get charged all this, you know, get all these fraudulent credit card bill charges, and then they're they're going to be held responsible for them. Right. So. so. 
Cox, you're good, better than this. Good, good job, Comcast. You're not better than this. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> Fucking up. Oh my god. I miss Time Warner at this point. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. So our main topic for this week is Facebook because, well, why not? That what do they do now? Well, in an effort to stay relevant to its ever-dwindling fan base as many teens are ditching Facebook for platforms like Instagram and Snapchat. Fast, Facebook is trying to steal a method used by other companies like Patreon. Why not? They've always stole ideas from Snapchat, Google+, and countless other platforms. Their version is designed to team up with publishers to offer a $5 monthly subscription service called Fan Subscriptions. However, Facebook has never been a true fan of publishers. In fact, they are downright hostile towards them. Some methods include that if you don't opt into their advertising program, good luck trying to get your content to much of your fan base. When you refuse to advertise on the platform, maybe 1-2% to of your following will actually see the content. Recently, in an effort to curb quote-unquote fake news, Facebook began suppressing publishers' content in an effort to show you more of your friends' posts, thus making advertising with Facebook seem like a, the only viable option for promotion. Well, with the new fan-based subscription or fan subscription service, they want you to opt in and you will get the full $5 fee in the beginning. However, The Verge did some digging and found that the terms of service actually allows Facebook to take up to 30% of that $5 fee at any time. Not only that, they reserve the right to use your content to promote the service even if you decide later on to leave it. In essence, you sold away that content and your product for life. 30% is steep. That means any publisher will receive only $3.50 of that $5 fee. Now, keep in mind that 30% cut is what apps see in the app store like Apple and Google. Patreon alone only takes 5% cut of your fees. The big concern is how many publishers will sign on without fully reading the terms of service. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's funny, too, because I've seen, you know, uh, Facebook uh, mentioned this. I, was it February? I can't remember. It was, it was a while back that they were going to offer this service. And then they started sending out invitations for people to, to join their service. And um, one of the people that work for The Verge has his own, has his own thing and started reading it. And sure enough, you saw in there the terms of services. Yeah, we reserve the right to use your thing at any time because once you've signed up, you've given them permission to use it. Even if you only use it for like a couple of weeks and then you're out. Right. They still can use it. And, uh, and you know, and some people will say like, well, 5%, uh, you know, 30% of $5 isn't much. It's like 50 cents or it's like a dollar 50 and it's like yeah but a dollar 50 from every person you know after a little time that adds up to some real money and also too i i think only facebook you have to have to have a little respect cuz only facebook could find a way to turn so they were getting complaints that um that fake news stuff right. and they were like okay we'll fix it but first we're going to find a way to make the fix make us even more money right which I thought was when I read that I went, huh? <laughs> like no one's gonna fucking do it. But right. I mean, it's who's even on Facebook anymore? Like the demographic that advertisers want to get at are not on Facebook anymore. So I don't really understand how much they expect to make off of this. Well, the thing is, is with Facebook, 
here's the thing, and and that's one of the things I was I was thinking about with this, is that Facebook knows. You know, people are finding a way around advertising or not even viewing advertising because, you know, they've done so much to try to push ads in everything. Even videos that people post online, you'll get, oh, see it after this ad or right in the middle of a video, you know, you're looking at a uh, really, you know, good like dog video or something like that. And halfway through, okay, wait till after the this ad before you can see the rest of the video. Most people are like me and I know there's a lot. They, oh, nope, I'm out. And then they bail. So yep. nobody, so your content, you don't even, nobody even gets to see your full content because of ads. So now Facebook has to go with like with what Apple's doing and they're going for, okay, well, if we're not going to get it from them, let's get it from the content provider because at least then we're guaranteed to make some extra cash. And, and they're getting it straight from the content creators because like Facebook, was pretty much post, you know, for up until last year was posting, oh, hey, well, here is iPhone sales. Right. And now suddenly they're going, oh, yeah, last Christmas, iPhone sales dropped down. They actually fell below expectations. But then conveniently at the same time, Apple's like, oh, well, we're not going to really focus on that. We're going to focus on a lot of our, our content as a whole. And now you suddenly have their TV service subscription that's coming up and you have all of these other ways to increase revenue. It's what Facebook is trying to do. But they're going to try to do it without actually creating content. They're going to try to do it by charging for your, the content that you're pushing out there. And that, that becomes, you know, a huge, huge deal. And they're, they, I mean, they were going after content creators for, well, like for us, every day, you know, it's always an email or a notification of, hey, you know, yeah. you have so-and-so people, and I know only like 1% of the people that are on our Facebook page actually get to see it. But they said, oh, if you add on here, you'll get to have so many thousand get to see it. It's like so many thousand can see it, but that's not how, that's more than what I have on there. So it's like, what is that even going to do? You know, it's just them making more money and it's basically their way of saying, yeah, you pay us and we'll show more of what you're doing. Yeah, it turns your promotion into an ad. Yeah. And now you're just paying for advertisement. And it's like, some people don't want to do that. No. You know, don't I don't need to advertise to people who would never listen to the show anyway. <laughs> right. It doesn't make any sense. Well, yeah, just, the same thing happens with my own, like my other blog. I have a Facebook page for it. Since Facebook doesn't, or since now you can't post blogs to your personal Facebook page. Right. Um, you know, I have a uh, Facebook fan page for that. And every day it's always like, hey, you know, you can get more by putting more people, you know, by shelling us some money and it's just like going i don't want to do that <laughs> it's kind of like where you kind of respect you know in, in a lot of instances you still respect twitter and even instagram because i was noticing i started playing a little game and i started you know i kept doing the things on facebook but i started to show a little more of our like content of like stories and like put a picture and then write in the caption what the story is about and started doing it that way and i started to notice that we started to get a lot more action from instagram and same thing with twitter and it's just like going yeah and they aren't doing this you know and even instagram is it's owned by facebook but it's still they still kind of don't know what they have yeah. So it's a little easier to get your content out there for people to watch and to see and then to comment and like and all that stuff. 
So it's just, it's really interesting to see how they're just trying to go like, well, we have this and we're going to try to really push it through and try to make, make it relevant. But in the, in more, now it's not even so much of relevancy. It's more of just money, you know, keep us, keep the revenue coming. And I mean, I get it. And you're seeing it across everything now. I mean, I was reading an article about um, EA and how EA's stocks were fucking falling apart for the last couple years now. And then they came out with this new game, Apex Legends. Oh, yeah. Which is like, it's a battle royale game, like uh, Fortnite, and it's free to play. But a lot of microtransactions, if you want to. Like, they finally figured out. notorious for that, though. Right. But they finally figured out, like, make the base game fun. Don't make it feel like, if I don't buy them, I can't play. Right. So they did that. And it's actually a solid game. My, My kids are playing it. But they know not to bother me for fucking money. (laughs) <laughs> for microtransactions, you miss me with that shit. Um, but now their stocks are going up, and now since they adhere to to the stockholders, a lot of people are worried that EA is going to stop making, tr- or at least attempting to make quality games, and just push out this trash. That and it's not necessarily trash, but it, like first player games, they, right. they a lot of people are worried that first player games are going to go the way of the dodo bird, because they cost a lot to produce. And you can't constantly be fucking charging people money. Well, you buy the, buy the game and then you're done. Yeah, people are afraid they're going to do what Activision's doing right now. They, you know, laid off, what was it, like 800 employees or three, some, a couple, several hundred employees. Right. And changing services and focusing on their more revenue-friendly games, you know. And, it's and just, that's why a lot of the, you're seeing Nintendo getting popular again. You're seeing because of that, the Nintendo has strong single player games because they have really shitty multiplayer games. <laughs> um, and you're seeing the indie scene come up. Yeah. Because people, if there's one thing about humanity that's always true, is we like to tell stories and hear stories. It's always been that way. So to say, oh, no one ever wants to play a single player game, they, they just want um, competition, competition, competition. No. No, it's not like that. But I'm deviating from Facebook. <laughs> um, this is I don't really think this is going to work. And honestly, I'm waiting until I start seeing Facebook is dying. Yeah. And I, and I don't want to say Facebook is dying now because obviously they're not. But it seems like all the stuff they do lately is like they're grasping. They're trying to find a way back in to pop culture just the the way back into society but facebook's become something people's parents use like the the younger people the ones that are are making decisions on this kind of tech space shit and spending all the money are not they don't care about facebook like a lot of people at my work don't even have a facebook or they do but they're never on it yeah they're on instagram they're on I know more Twitter. people that have Messenger than they do Facebook. Yeah, like I have I have Facebook and I use it for Messenger to talk to the two or three people that like to talk to me on Messenger. That's it. That's mm-hmm. the only reason I use it. Every once in a while 
on my never on my phone, but on my computer, I'll look at the feed, and I get bored. I'm like, okay, because I only follow like seven people. But if I want to read a film, I'm on my Twitter now. I've gotten back into Twitter. Instagram again. I only follow my friends, people I actually give a fuck about. Right. A couple of I know Ryan Reynolds on there because you know that's the homie. You know what I mean? But <laughs> um. Not like, you don't, all, talk, not like you don't talk every day, but you know. Right. Yeah. He's a busy man. Yeah. <laughs> um, I deleted all the thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> really just a distraction. Um, but Steve always sends me things while I'm talking, and then <laughs> I just totally stop. <laughs> That's funny. Um <laughs> But yeah, I don't. I don't know. It just seems like F- Facebook's getting desperate. Yeah. To to bring in, because they answer to stockholders and and you know all that like a typical corporation and and I'm sure the stockholders like what are we doing? Like because one of the big things you got to think about too is that once they stop failing to bring in money, then the board and the the stockholders are going to say, well, maybe we need new leadership, and then what's Zuck going to do? Right. And you have to keep in mind, too, the fake news thing on Facebook was a problem long before they got called out by the government. But it drills up drama, which keeps people on the site. So it brings in revenue. So now when the hand was forced because Congress stepped in and was like, can you fucking sort your shit out? Because now we have, you know, outside entities manipulating our news on here. Um, they were forced to bring that down, but now they cut. Look, look what happens. It's proof is in the pudding. They come out with this bullshit now because that was that was a source of revenue for them. That's yeah. why they didn't do anything about it. Facebook is is one of the most irresponsible social networks in in history. They do not give a fuck. No, like MySpace was more responsible than fucking <laughs> Facebook was. That's true. They they truth truthfully do not give a fuck about anybody. It's about ad revenue and. And selling personal data because That's why? All do, it why is. should they? Why should they? Yeah, they're not your friend. Yeah. Well, if you guys um, and you can see this on YouTube, I've seen it on YouTube. But if you have TV service, you can go into like uh, the PBS app. But PBS did a two-part documentary on Facebook. I think it was called the Facebook Dilemma, and it, it ba- essentially kind of went over the last fifteen years. And keep in mind that when Facebook started, it was fifteen years ago. So most of the people that joined up as teenagers back then are in their 30s now. So, right. you know, and most of the kids that came up, grew up are like, oh, my dad uses Facebook or my grandparents use Facebook. And you, and the, the rule is, is that anytime, you know, something's uncool when your grandparents join, you know. <laughs> so when your grandparents join Facebook, it's like, oh, Facebook is officially uncool. Um, but if you've ever watched that two-part document, and I did, it's, uh, you can see it on, in its entirety on YouTube. If you look under PBS, um, really really good documentary and it really shows you just how much they don't give a fuck by people that you can and you can hear the the uh the through lines from the people that are currently working there including zuck and the people and the people that used to work there and it's just it's just you you really understand they just do not give a fuck from the fake news to the fake news overseas where it was actually causing genocide in in foreign countries like yeah it's not just bad here it's bad all over the place because the thing is is and 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 what a lot of people forget 
and what Facebook probably knows and doesn't give a fuck about is that information is power. Mm-hmm. And information is even more powerful the the less educated the people listening are. Oh yeah. And in, and we can make jokes and say people in America are retarded. I mean, yeah, sure, but hmm. I'm talking about third world countries where people like look at um with countries in the Middle East or something like that. They're not stupid. They're just not they have no point of reference. Right. So they they are reading information that's coming in and they think it's true. You know, and it could cause mass panic. Well, one of the big things, and when I did my other show, I, I, I mentioned this at one time, that um, like people here, you know, and then like Adam and I said, we knew, I mean, about Facebook spreading fake news long before. Yeah, the, they were known for that. They were known, yeah, exactly. It, you know, and I would always see, you know, you would always see the same people, and it was always older people that would share those stories, you know, and you hear like, where did you hear that? It's like, well, I saw it on Facebook. It's like, where was it from? Oh, I don't know, some random rando site, you know, and it's just like going, yeah, well, where's the source? Where did yeah. it come from? You know, but that's also because you have to keep in mind, and somebody put it best to me too. Um, I was like, I don't know why no one does that. Like, why does no one care what the source of the news is? And and a buddy of mine was like, Were you the kid that read the paper in high school? And I go, Oh yeah. <laughs> like, because I'm watching my generation fall for that trap a lot of them like they're just like i don't know what the source is who cares because i was a little i was acting like an old fucking man when i was a teenager so i'm a little bit let's let's add 10 years right right. you know and and back in the day when you had an when you had news coming at first of all i won't watch news it's very rare i won't take it seriously i have to read it so when i'm reading news hell in the newspaper the source is right there yeah they put it there and then a lot of times the newspapers are up to the source. If I read something in the New York Times, I can pretty much guarantee it might lean a certain direction, but they're not giving me false information. Right. If LA Times is the same way because because that's traditional news. There's checks and balances, man. You can't just be like, oh, um, you know, Trump murdered a baby yesterday. <laughs> you can't, you can't While it crazy might be shit. true, you have to pray. <laughs> Um, you can't say crazy shit because then people are going to be like, excuse me? Yeah. You know, and it's going to be a big deal. But on, on the internet, nobody fucking cares. Well, that was one, it was funny because, um, one person said to me is like, you know, it's like, well, why would they check when it already reinforces their point of view? Isn't that the whole thing of the internet? And it's like, that's true. That's why we have partisan, that's why partisan issues are so vast because we have the free flow of information, but everybody just goes for the information that reinforces their belief. And, and you and I have talked to this about this, like to no end before. But one of the things that I wanted to get to was um, in uh, Myanmar, you know, we talk about fake news and stuff over here and it's like oh, influence an election in Myanmar. It led to genocide because right. you had, you know, Buddhists um, going out there and saying, oh, these Muslim, um, these Muslim uh, fanatics raped and killed several little girls. And then people read that and then went out and found Muslim people and started murdering them. And it would never happened. And Facebook was. And told- also, even if it did happen, that wasn't the proper response. Right. But, 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 the, but the thing is, is that, you know, Facebook was warned about them. They're like, oh, OK, we'll look into it. And nothing ever happened. They let it go. You know, and then of course you get the Zuck response of, "Well, I know we were too slow to too slow to respond." It's like, motherfucker, you didn't respond at all. There's a difference between being too slow and not doing shit. You know, 
and that's the problem too is that yeah they created a social network for college kids to keep in touch but but it grew into something bigger and now you have responsibilities you know i'm I'm, it might sound corny but just like fucking uncle ben says (laughs) great power comes great responsibility literally just thinking that you know what i mean and you can't you can't be just like well it's not my problem what people do. It's like, no, now it is. Yeah. You know, now because you're providing the fucking platform. It's it's just like if 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 Steve and I owned like the Lazy Geeks fucking nightclub or something like that, and we some dude was like, Hey, I'm gonna talk uh pro Nazi stuff on stage. That's cool, right? We'd be like, No, it ain't fucking cool. <laughs> You know, because we're responsible for that content that's going to be said. Yeah. It's the same fucking situation. And they just don't give a thick. I swear, Facebook and YouTube. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, all right. Well, on that note, I think it's time we und- we wound down with something a little lighter, don't you think? Yeah. Flat Earth. So <laughs> this comes from I Fucking Love Science. A new documentary called Behind the Curve, which I, I still need to see, uh, has recently been released on Netflix, looking into the people of the Flat Earth movement and how they end up believing such an outlandish idea. The film has received positive reviews with critics commenting on how it focuses on the human side of the movement rather than dismissing them. Well, many viewers have enjoyed a particular clip from the documentary where a flat earther proves that the Earth is not flat on live camera. In the immortal words of Meryl Streep, these are the moments that make life worth living. Uh-huh. In the clip, the flat earther named Jaren, from a group known as Globebusters, set up a simple experiment to prove the Earth is flat. He used two boards, both with a hole at the height of 5.18 meters, 17 feet, above water level, a camera, and another person by the name of Enrique Henrique, holding a torch at the same height and alignment with the holes. Now, if the earth was flat, no matter how far Enrique was, the light would come through the holes. But on the spherical earth, there's a curvature to consider, and given Enrique's distance from the holes, he would have to position the light above his head, 7 meters or 23 feet above the water level, for it to be seen. When the experiment began, the light didn't appear on camera. A perplexed Jaren radioed Henrique to confirm the height of the light to 5.1817 feet above water level. On a flat earth, he should have seen the light. He then asked Henrique to lift the light above his head. Lo and behold, the light shined through. That's interesting, Jared commented. And you know what? It is interesting. The experiment set up has, a, has been a staple of flat, earth, flat earthers since 1836 when Samuel Burley Robotham first did it on the old Bedford River. Time and time again, it has revealed the curvature of the Earth. Still, it is important to continue to repeat classic experiments as repetition is one of the cornerstones of science. And um, I actually have the video right here for you guys to listen if you want to check it out here. We have a backup experiment. If you're seeing through this hole, through the next hole, and seeing the light at the backboard, or at 17 feet off the water, the Earth is flat. 
if he's holding it up at 23 feet high and we're seeing the light, well, that's because the Earth's curved. So I, I should only be able to see it when it's at 17 feet. Okay, go ahead and drive down there, Enrique. You're gonna hold the light there. Enrique, how high is your light? 17 feet. I mean, I, you know, it's his, um, there's, we don't see you, Enrique. Lift up your, lift up your light way above your head. Interesting. It's interesting how the earth fucking curves, isn't it? (laughs) Idiot. And that's the thing is that they just prove this is the problem is that people on this extreme shit, they'll be proven wrong and they should go. You know what? I'm wrong. Yeah. Because if I've always said I I think flat earthers are fucking retarded. (laughs) But if they came up to me with some solid fucking evidence, I would have to go, okay. Let's now we got to cross reference, cross check it, but this is something serious. But they never do. No, it's just bullshit. It's just people that have no friends and they want to be in a club. Yeah, right. That's all it is. You know, it's fucking ridiculous, dude. Well, I compare flat earthers to hardcore liberals. And now keep in mind that pe- liberals right now are probably going, what? Um, because hardcore liberals, hardcore though. liberals. I mean, I mean, they're so left, they're kind of going right. You know, that's right. the, <laughs> the extreme motherfuckers that don't make any sense. Right. Um, because extreme liberals and flat earthers can't agree on one simple thing. They all have their own idea. And that's why, you know, that's the, that's the thing with both of them is that it's just, you know, everybody thinks like, oh, but if I do it, it's going to work. Regardless of these motherfuckers don't know how it's done. I know how it's done. It's going to work with me. And then if it doesn't work, something's wrong. I need to figure it out. It's like, just admit it. It don't work. (sighs) Like, and I guarantee you will never hear about that again (laughs) from them. It's never going to be, no one's going to give a fuck. And that's not the first time that experiment's been done. Oh, yeah. It's been done numerous times and they just don't give a fuck. (laughs) So stupid. Oh, man. It's great, though. When I saw that, I was like going, ah. Oh. And then I love the music at the end. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah. <laughs> you, it, you almost wanted to hear. Wah, wah. <laughs> stupid. <I'm> like, <laughs> nah, you know what? I'm happy. I'm happy that they ended up looking stupid. But like I said, it's not going to make a fucking difference. Nope. They're not going to care. Fuck them. <laughs> Flat earthers and anti-vaxxers are the worst fucking people. Hmm. Like they're the they're the I'm pretty open to people having opposing viewpoints from me. Because listen, man, we're all trying to make it. Okay? Just don't be an asshole. But as soon as someone says the earth is flat <laughs> or that vaccines cause autism, I, I'm like, I can't, I can't be your friend. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. Like, and we have a couple anti-vaxxer people. At work, and there's one person at work that thinks the Earth's flat. <sighs> and I, I asked her one time because she was being a little too adamant about it. <laughs> and I go, "Hey, can I ask you a question? Um, what kind of grades did you get in science class?" And she literally, goes, "Well, wasn't my strongest subject." I'm like, "Oh, I mean, I knew that." <laughs> How about cognitive reasoning, you fucking idiot. It's like, um, what was it uh, when I was watching uh, on Netflix, John Mulaney. He was talking to his wife 
who thought the Last Supper was actually Thanksgiving. And um, he goes, wait, 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 wait. What did you think the Last Supper was? She's like, yeah, I know. I'm stupid because I don't understand. You're insane because he's Catholic and she's Jewish. And he's like, I don't understand. You're backwards, you know, uh, religious aspect. He goes, no, 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 no. We all know that. (laughs) <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's like, I want to know what you thought the Last Supper was about. And this cracks me up because it always makes me laugh when they when people start trying to insult you, and then you just turn around and go, No, 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 we all know this. <laughs> uh, because that, and that's what people do nowadays, though. Yeah, they attack it's, you as a, as opposed to admitting they don't know something. And if you can keep your cool, you win every time. Oh yeah. <laughs> if you, but, but if you freak out, you lose because you end up looking stupid. Exactly. <laughs> fucking um oh, I don't understand you no 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 no. <laughs> what did you think the last time I need to know this <laughs> people want to know <laughs> or as we say on here boom bitch <laughs> boom bitch alright <sighs> that is our episode for this week so thanks for joining us if you want to help us out there are two ways you can one, you can leave us a review wherever you get the show, recommend the show to friends, or two, if you really want to help us out, you can donate and you can head over to thelazygeeks.com and click the donate button. And don't forget, we got those incentives, so if you definitely want to do that, uh, help us out. You can definitely follow us on <laughs> the much-loved Facebook, <laughs> uh, facebook.com slash thelazygeeks. Also on Instagram at thelazygeeks, it's all one word. Um, oh, Twitter and Instagram, excuse me, at the Lazy Geeks, all one word. Um, send us some feedback, comments, suggestions for episodes, favorite conspiracy theories, whatever the fuck you hate, <laughs> so we can dissect it and uh, get serious. Um, send that to the geeks at thelazygeeks.com or any of the other fucking things I just said. Right. And if you want more content from us, just head over to the blog, thelazygeeks.com. So thanks for checking us out. So until next time, live large. If you ain't living large, you ain't living at all. Mm-hmm.